Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Surfing Podcast. We are here today to talk about the NBA Finals. It's finally here. Uh, I think we got a magical uh, matchup uh, with a lot of narratives uh, to talk about and also just fun on-court um, strategy discussions. Uh, but before that, there was some breaking news today uh, broke by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, and that's to do with the uh, former now Los Angeles Clippers uh, head coach, which is uh, or which was Doc Rivers. Uh, looks like he put on social media today that he was going to be off of the uh, staff, and uh, we really don't know who's going to be picked next. Of course, there are reports, and we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, but with that said, I do have a, we have a special guest today, and that is Jabari. Uh, he's actually from uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to on the part of me. The Blue Wire Pods. I don't know why I just stuttered. I, had, I have like three or four of their podcasts uh, subscribe on Apple. Uh, but yes, uh, off of the Dunks and Discord Discourse podcast with Josh Eberly, which is another uh, great follower that I have on Twitter. Uh, with that said, hello, Jabari. How are you doing today? Hey, not bad. I appreciate you guys having me today. Of course, uh, we. Uh, I, I slotted you in. I, I tried to have faith in Denver. I mean, I was like, let me wait until I tweet Jabari. But I was like, after I saw LeBron go off in that fourth quarter, and I mean, there was like two minutes remaining. I was like, yeah, I think it's about time to send him that DM. Um, but yeah, I, I got you as uh, as I told you in the chat. Regardless of what you think, I have you as uh, the one percent of the Lakers fans that aren't completely annoying <laughs> on the timeline. I appreciate that. Uh, it made the uh, the the Nuggets loss a little bit easier to stomach. You know, I'm not a Nuggets fan, but of course, you know, I, I wanted to see a Game Seven as most people did. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you on. Of course, we got Noe with us as always. But let's uh, let's just go uh, get to chopping this uh, Clippers news. I mean, this is definitely important stuff with future implications written all over it. Jabari, what is your take on a uh, the decision and b the time that it happened? So I'm not shocked by it, um, but I, you know, the, your second part of that question is, is where it gets interesting. The timing of it is intriguing because just a couple of weeks ago, well, obviously, you know, when, when they were escorted out of the postseason, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was at least a report that they were they weren't looking to make any changes and that everybody was going to you know, would be back and you know, kind of you know get the band back you know, bring the band back together for one more run at it and all of that so i you know i took that to mean okay with with the exception of you know some tweaks with the roster i expected you know doc to be back doc and co to be back uh so from a timing perspective i get you know i, I guess it, it does come as a bit of a surprise but if you just take a look at the situation given the fact that he's been there you know i, I should have looked it up but he's been there at least you know, seven eight years uh they had all of the different d- disappointments with Lob City, you know, regardless of, you know, the reasons they didn't, you know, they didn't get it done and they, you know, and they had a a ton of talent on that roster. And then they swing for the absolute fences last year in, you know, basically turning over half of their roster, a a roster that was already a playoff, you know, a playoff team to begin with, but turning over half their roster, sacrificing all of the young talent or most of the young talent that they had on it, as well as the next four or five draft picks, you know, and and then only to still have a disappointing, you you know, I guess a pretty good regular season, but a disappointing finish, you know, the, the writing isn't just on the walls. It's obvious. And if you were Doc Rivers and you're shocked by this, I'll be like, to, to be completely honest with you, uh, I, I don't necessarily know that I, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, like the timing of it all, like I really just thought this was going to be made like a day or two after, you know, such a horrible collapse, especially when it, it's happened twice under Doc Rivers watch. Mm-hmm. And then also with, I just, just the array of superstars that Doc has had is at his disposal. You would think he would have made at least one conference finals already. And at least like with this, with this particular group, I mean, I had them going to the finals and I'm not saying I had them winning it, but there were, I just didn't see them not making it with, with so much talent on the roster and, you know, reports of players just, just saying that they weren't conditioned. They were tired. And we all know that, you know, the NBA doesn't necessarily practice a lot. But I've seen it allegedly that Rivers only held six practices. So, I mean, the coach is the most easiest person to, I don't want to say pick on, but to, you know, pinpoint as, hey, we can get rid of this person easier than trading or, you know, letting go a player. So I guess that's what had to be done. And I mean, Doc Rivers had, you know, front office, um, how would you say it, uh, authority 
you know, when he was making moves as kind of like a general manager. And, you know, they, they already took that away from him. So what was next? You know, take his his coaching spot. But, yeah, Noe, what is your take on, once again, A, the firing, the decision, and B, just the timing of it? Um, okay, I'll say this. I, I start with I agree with letting him go. I am surprised by it a little bit. Um, Doc Rivers, for some reason, had built this, you know, persona of being a good coach when I personally have never felt that he was great. Um, giving a pass here to Pandemic P, he was the weakest link on that team. And on a team that definitely had championship robust expectations. And then maybe if they make it, you know, conference finals or or obviously if they make the finals, maybe, they, maybe you know, he's back next season and they give it another go. But losing after being up 3-1 to a team that they should have been able to handle, you know, and then after the, the first round performance against the Mavs where they definitely looked like they weren't, you know, firing all cylinders, Doc Rivers, again, proving an ability to be able to make adjustments during series or during games. I just, you know, like I said, given a part in the playoff be here, but he, he he felt like the weakest link on the on the team. And and unfortunately for him, that the Clippers are onto it and, and he's out the door. That said, timing wise, it's interesting, man. Um, very interesting the timing. That that I'll say that as much as least because I I for sure thought it's either they were going to let him go immediately, and if they didn't, like Jabari said, I figured they would they would let him run it back next year, assuming you know first year together on this project. Maybe it was growing pains, whatever. Right? It is difficult to put together a team and get it running right after the massive turnaround on the roster, but they they decided to to just move now um i'm I'm curious to see who comes next all right so uh this is reading off of uh woge's twitter so these are the two names and this is a name that i've thought of and this is a name that noe actually told me uh before we were recording so clippers assistant tyron lu ty lu which is mm-hmm. honestly the first name i thought of because he's the guy that actually turned down the lakers job which is astounding that he did that but it's probably because they didn't offer him enough money. Uh, at least that's what I think. And then also Nick's coach, Jeff Van Gundy, which is who <laughs> Noe said. And to me, here's what I'm just going to say this right now. It's why I, I call it when we were, Noe, we were talking about it as we found out. Jeff Van Gundy being rumored as a head coach candidate is equivalent to the Boston Celtics when they miss out on a superstar trade. Oh, well, we were in running for it. Oh, we almost pulled it off. We almost did it. Or we were going to draft that guy, but we didn't. I don't want to hear Van Gundy's name, Jeff Van Gundy's name again about coaching until he actually gets the job or he takes it. Because I'm this guy has been, I, I forgot how long he's been out of the game, at least from the NBA standpoint. I'm, obviously, he's been, you know, Olympics Team USA. But from a head coach of the NBA, he's been out of the game for a while. At this point, either you're going to take a position, you're going to get the job, or you're not. Like, his hat, his name has been in that hat for a while, and it's kind of just it's tiring to see it. At this point, let the young bloods, the young coaches in the NBA get a chance, you know. But Ty Lue is definitely deserving. I mean, you won a championship with LeBron. Um, he did some things over there um, that a lot of riders, you know, have, hold uh, in high regard. And honestly, to just gain the respect of LeBron, for LeBron to literally choose him as a coach is a big deal. Um but with that said, yeah, I mean, I think we're in for a, uh, I would usually say fun summer, but obviously not summer anymore, but a fun um, off season of uh, things that come for the Clippers. I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask just a quick question? Why? All right. Like, I agree with you. They should, you know, they should start, stop recycling these guys. And also Jeff Van Gundy, whoever his representation is, is fantastic because <laughs> the guy's been at, you know, the guy you know, has been in the booth since 07. Okay, and, and if we're being honest, why would somebody want Jeff Van Gundy as their coach if Stan Van Gundy's also available? Again, I'm not saying that Stan Van Gundy is absolutely incredible, but he was a better coach than Jeff Van Gundy. He's more relevant to the current, you know, the current style of play, and he's been in the game, you know, <laughs> within the last two three years. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's all reputation at this point, and you can say mm. whatever you want about Stan and Detroit, but man, it was Detroit, okay. It was the Detroit yes. Pistons. That's that franchise where it's at it, before Van Gundy was there. It was not in a great position. Okay. That's the same team that just stopped paying Josh Smith. 
this coming, I believe this coming offseason is the first year that he won't be on their books. I mean, that that says something. Yeah, but not only that, let's be also. Oh, I apologize. Oh, yeah, I think I think it's it's Tyron Lue's job to lose. Um, I I personally don't agree with it. I don't like the Tyron Lue hiring if that's the way they go. But I feel like that's he's already in house. He's you know, he's got it lined up, I feel like, for him to be the man to take that job. I don't, I don't see them going with Jeff. I, I feel like, like what Lance is saying, once again, Jeff's name's getting thrown in the pot just to make the pot look a little more full. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's Tyler's job. Uh, and you were saying, Jabari? Yeah, well, I'll I'll just piggyback that. I, I also agree that Tyloo would be would be the logical choice here. Uh, given the fact that you you know you have a lot of stuff that's kind of up in the air. Like, let's be real, Kawhi and Paul George can walk after next year. If I'm not mistaken, both of them have opt outs after yeah. after next season. So um, you know, I, I kind of speculated about this uh you know, prior to the show with Lance. Uh I think the timing of this all has to do with the fact that they had to they had to kind of like reconvene, go to those guys and say, what do we want to do? So it, like the get and again, that's not based that's not based on any inside information or anything like that. That is a presumption, but you know, it's it sometimes one plus one does equal two. Uh right. I, I would be surprised if they went out if they went outside and it didn't end up being one of the guys that they have inside. Yeah. Um that's probably honestly the way to go. And I mean, when you have the hardware like sitting on the bench as an assistant coach, that that, that carries a long way. So I, I think that's a smart decision, unless for some reason Sam Cassell gets a job and and maybe that could be a thing. But I honestly see him going to Houston. But that's another podcast uh, for another day. Well, all right. I feel like we uh, started talking about uh, the uh, losing team in L.A. a little bit too much. Uh, the redheaded stepchild of, of uh, the Staples Center, if you will. It's time to talk about a real uh, winning franchise and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Jabari, I mean, I have you on for this very reason because, you know, you have some insight. Uh, I'm very confident in saying that you've watched more Lakers games than I have and probably know as well. Um, so we just want to we want to get you in here, you know, some stuff about uh, what's going to go on the court, but the story of how we got here. And, I mean, I'm looking at rosters that had Tariq Black, Jordan Clarkson, Roy Hibbert, Ryan Kelly, you know, Robert Sacri. I mean, these rosters are pathetic. I mean, that was a 17 wins uh, <laughs> uh, season in 2015-16. You know, we go to 2016-17, Corey Brewer, uh, Corey Brewer, Jose Calderon, Luol Dang, which, I mean, he got the bag that offseason. And then Timothy Mozgov, <laughs> another uh, – I don't I don't know how he got those uh, – got that contract so quickly, too. I believe uh, – he was the first one that got that uh, like a deal in the summer of uh, 16. But yeah, man, uh, it's just ever since LeBron got there, we knew things were going to change because uh, LeBron, you know, he influences a lot. I mean, he honestly said after they won, that's why I brought him here, referring <laughs> to Anthony Davis. So he confirmed what we already all knew, mm-hmm. that he was pretty much the reason that Anthony Davis was there. You know, we, we all knew it, but. For gamesmanship purposes, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, no, we're not. The, I'm not the GM. I don't control what happens, you know, off the court, you know. But come on, LeBron, LeBron James is is up there in, in influence in the sports world. I mean, arguably, as a player, he is definitely the strongest, uh, most influential player in all sports. Uh, I can say that confidently. Um, but, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, this year's Lakers team, man? Jabari. Well, I mean, I, I look at it like this. Obviously, it was it's been a journey over the last decade, and 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 I won't you know, belabor it by going you know going year by year. But you start the decade with you know you start the decade with you know with a, a finals run where obviously they beat you know beat Boston, and then they just go into the depths, and, and you know you have the situation where Kobe hurts his ankle or excuse me his Achilles, and then all of a sudden it's over. That dream is done. Uh, but instead of actually handling it like other teams have done and just saying, OK, let's go ahead and press restart. The Lakers had this silly idea that we're going to keep Kobe on this team. We're going to pay him <laughs> like he's still Kobe. And, I'm, you know, and, and, you know, for anybody out there, I'm not this is not a not Kobe deal. This is you know, these are just the facts. Uh, but we're also going to rebuild around him, which absolutely made no sense whatsoever. So 
long series of events, all those terrible rosters that you kind of you know, alluded to you know, just a few moments ago, all of a sudden LeBron James says, hey, let's get this. Last year, we go into the year, um, speaking, you know, speaking as an NBA fan, and I thought, okay, well, uh, they're far from ready, but let's see what this LeBron James guy is all about. Because all of a sudden, you know, the guy that I was a um, – not a hater against, but, you know, he, he was a competitor. He wasn't on my team. So even regardless of whether he's the greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all times, you know what? Screw him. That was my mindset. So, but then, he, you know, then, he's got, then he's got a Lakers jersey on. Obviously, that doesn't go well. That, you know, like, yeah, he gets hurt, you know, catastrophic injury. You know, that season, you know, the season is a wash. So all of a sudden, when Anthony Davis, when they actually do, do find a way to bring in Anthony Davis outside of, you know, like however it goes down, yes, lay GM is obviously got his hands all over, you know, all over that. But, uh, you know, the expectations went from, okay, you know, we're in the gutter to, no, now it's not just time to be competitive again. It's time to get back to the penthouse. Did I expect that? If I'm being honest, no. I thought this was still going to be another throwaway year. And, and when I say throwaway year, I mean not a title run year. I thought they'd get to the Western Conference Finals and, you know, compete. And if, it, you know, obviously if things go, if things go right, it's you know, you're happy as a fan. Uh, but you know, under no circumstances was, you know, was I like saying like, oh, yeah, this is a championship or bust season, even though, you know, even if I wanted it to be. Um, so you know, basically all of that to say, that's a very long winded way to say, you know, it's been a journey. I recognize no one's going to feel sorry for Lakers fans. Nobody's, you know, and, and, and you shouldn't, you know, we are the most spoiled fan base on the face of the earth. Uh, and, 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 and it is what it is. That's not me being self-deprecating. I'm just more matter of fact about it. But if you take a step back and to appreciate it, it has been a fun ride. And, 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 it, and it just, and it makes this part of it that much more fun. I'll say this right now. The Laker fans are what Cowboy fans they, uh, think they are. <laughs> what they wish they were. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I'm sorry, Noe. I'm sorry, Noe. I, I say this as Noe's wearing a Cowboys hat. I'm sorry, Noe. No, nah, but uh, Noe, uh, being <laughs> being an outsider looking in, you know, obviously we're not big LA guys um, at all. Obviously, we, we follow the game closely, but we're not going to, we don't watch yeah. as many Laker games because that's just not what we do. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this season and their uh, on your I guess preseason projections and where the Lakers fell in that? Well, obviously they've you know they've overcome any expectations that I had. Oh, I'm sorry, was that to Noe? No, that, was, not to that was for Noe, but I, I'll, I'll my bad. You're, you're good, Jabari. You're good. You're good. You, you, look, you listen to the show. I step over, I step over Josh all the time. All right, I'll say this. Leave it to a Laker fan to say Western Conference Finals throwaway season in one sentence. First of all, Jabari. Yes. <laughs> so start with that. Because, golly, the Denver Nuggets fans right now are ecstatic about the way their season went and are looking forward to a bright future. And I'm sure they're not calling it throwaway in Denver. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different Secondly, I will it's 100%, 100%. Secondly, uh, I agree with you. I, I didn't I didn't see this as a title run for for the Lakers this year. Uh, I didn't I think they I thought for sure that they would lack depth um to to make the the, the deep run. Uh, I, I you know, there was also I was also concerned about LeBron's health for the the duration of the season and then of course the season kind of went like none other with with you know, the pandemic coming down and everything kind of just completely taking bubble basketball being something completely different from what we're ever used to watching. And then here we are, you know, the Lakers go in my, in my opinion, and maybe not, you know, maybe not a lot of people agree with this, but they definitely exceed expectations in my opinion to make it to the, to, to this, to this finals. And especially the way they did it, you know, just number one seed overall. And then, and then going through and really not struggling too bad with just about anybody they played so far. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you know, projections, this is what I'll say. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I said, I, I had the Clippers going to the finals. I'm not sure they would have won it, but I'll just say this. Like, I know Anthony Davis was a great player, but his performance in the Denver series, you know, minus the the lack of rebounds, which is the one thing that I'm like, yeah, you got to you got to shore that up. You got to get more. I mean, getting two rebounds in the fourth quarter and that's it. It's, it's not enough. But just from like just being assertive and in the game, like how he started those games, how he set the tone against Jokic. I mean, 
that was very impressive. I mean, I know he was a top five, top 10 player. And, and I said that off talent that he was, but just an overall like great player, not just talent wise, but just the motor, the drive. Like I didn't, I didn't know that that was him and, and he showed that he has it. And I think ultimately that's what will push the Lakers over. I'm not saying if they're going to win or going to lose a series just yet, but I think he is going to be the main key. Um, and obviously LeBron will, will, uh, will, will take a toll on that too. But I think to me, it's going to be AD is going to be the X factor and just seeing this Lakers roster, what it's accomplished. I mean, they got Ron guys like Rondo that have honestly, I know the joke is playoff Rondo on Twitter and people make fun of it, but he's legit been like for stretches, at least maybe not full games, but for key stretches, like a key factor, like off the bench. And, you know, you got the, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers version of George Costanza from Seinfeld, you know, Alex Caruso doing some stuff, you know, big time blocks, you know, breakaway dunks. Honestly, one of the better creators for LeBron when it, you know, comes to getting them alley-oops. I mean, he's throwing some uh, very nice looks. I can appreciate that. And and I can appreciate this Lakers team in that sense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say they're soulless. Like I've heard some uh, podcasters say, I think that's a little too rough. Um, but I do mm-hmm. feel like this Lakers team just fell into a puddle of success within a matter of two years. And it's really odd to me, but it's it's really just LeBron. And that's just a testament to his greatness. And so for that, I respect them. Uh, maybe not as a franchise, but as a team right now. Um, and also with Anthony Davis kind of having a coming of age season in my eyes, because um, obviously the talent has always been there. But I think more so from a leadership and just a consistency standpoint, uh, I think he's hit that that mark, and I think it's it's just going to get better from here, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, matchup. Uh, I think we talked a good amount about the Lakers. Obviously, there's another team that earned their way here, and honestly, as a as a five seed uh, in the Eastern Conference, knocking out some very uh, important names and and definitely players, uh, the Miami Heat, man. Um, let's just put it like this. Uh, Coach Spo, Pat Riley, that whole organization, just them being here in this moment uh, also speaks volumes. Um, it, it's it's honestly mind-boggling that LeBron left such a franchise. You know, I know Dwayne Wade was at the end. His knees were gone. We didn't know what was going to happen to Chris Bosh, uh, but ultimately that's what happened. And, and so maybe you could say LeBron made the right decision because he, he won in Cleveland, which is way – Way, I think, way more impressive than winning in Miami. But uh, I still think if he stayed in Miami, he could have won maybe two. Um, but once again, that's that's another conversation. But Jabari, what's your take on this uh, damn near Cinderella uh, Miami Heat team? Yeah, look, I, Josh will tell you, I went into the year hopeful for them, but not expecting this. Like, I thought they would be a tough out. I thought they'd be that scrappy team that was still a year away, that was still maybe another piece away, another component away. I'm a big Jimmy guy. In fact, to be honest with you, if okay, I wanted Jimmy. Now, of, I, of course I wanted AD. Of course. I didn't think that was going to be a, a realistic possibility, given, you know, given how you know, the conversation was going. Jimmy's a guy I wanted. So I, 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 I say that to say this. Um, you know, he, he's one of my favorite guys in the league, and and even I didn't anticipate ha- him having this sort of impact. Now, obviously, it's not all him because you know, kind of what you just alluded to. It's a it's a top to bottom phenomenal organization. Like, yes, they've had their down years, but when they but when they when they swing up, they swing. You know, they definitely do that. You know, so from the coaching staff to the player development staff to the you know front office to all the way down to the end of the bench, you know, the last player on the bench, everybody not just accepts their role, they embrace their role. You can tell that these guys love playing for Spo. They love playing for one another. They love playing for that organization. And it's and it's actually really great to see. So, again, even though I thought they were a year away and even though, you know, uh, there's going to be a, a conversation that says they're kind of playing with fool's gold. They're here now. So like, while yes, I'm confident that, you know, that the Lakers will ultimately, you know, uh, win this series. Uh, it will be far from, it will be far from as easy as some of these other ones have at least appeared. Yeah. I mean, like I was talking to Noe about the, the nugget series. It, didn't feel like a 4-1 series, but ultimately it was a 4-1 series because by definition it was 4-1. 
Um, and yeah. the Lakers, the Lakers made a light work at Houston. Like they had, you know, Russell Westbrook cussing at family members on the sidelines and simply imploding. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the trailblazers thing, we already knew how that was going to go. Honestly, before Dame, you know, mm-hmm. kind of got hurt. I thought it would at least go to six. It didn't, but we knew mm-hmm. what, we knew what was going to happen. You know, we knew that they were going to win yep. that one, uh, pretty handily, but yeah, Noah, you are actually on the pod. You've been the one that's kind of been. I don't want to say singing praises for the Heat, but you've been putting them like you put them over. Um, who'd you put? You didn't have. Well, we didn't know that they were going to beat the Bucks, but you know, I think mm-hmm. you had them beating Indiana pretty handily. I I thought it was going to go like six games. I didn't know Indiana was just going to get folded like a lawn chair that series. Um, you also had them over uh, the Celtics, I believe, which I picked the Celtics. You and you picked the Heat, and we we are. It looks like we're all Jimmy Butler lovers here. I mean, we're. I love that guy. I love what he stands for. To mm-hmm. me, I think he is, in terms of personality and the way that he rolls and his attitude, he is the closest thing to Kobe Bryant that we have. Uh, Jabari, if you have something different to say, speak up now. But I, I to me, that's how I feel. It's not that I, it, I'm not going to you know, go against it. I know what you're saying in terms of his approach and, and mindset. Yes. Right. Nothing yeah. about game, yeah. not even anything to do with yeah, just yeah, the yeah. way he plays. I, I never will say that because I'm I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and, and talk like that. But I just appreciate the approach and the the assholery, if you will. I mean, sometimes he just comes off as a big oh, yeah. dick, but but that's fine <laughs> because sometimes if you watch the Michael Jordan documentary, he wasn't the nicest person in the world. And some of these, you know, big uh, you know CEOs of big corporate companies, they're definitely not nice people, and that's how they got where they're at. Not by being nice, but being straight to the point. But yeah, Noe, uh, what's your take on this uh, surprisingly great uh, Miami Heat team? Yeah, I'm I'm actually alongside with uh, with Jabari on this as far as the organization goes. We've been talking. Well, we if you've been listening to the pod, we've been talking about this all playoff songs. It's literally like top to bottom. It it is a culture thing. There, it's Pat Riley. Like, if you want to talk about assholery, right? Like. Pat Riley going down to to Jimmy to dude Haslam running around on the sidelines still right it's it's just the way they function and Jimmy is literally the perfect piece to that puzzle for them and while I did think that that puzzle was not yet complete to to make this kind of run you know and and kind of the biggest thing is is the youth there is you know are are they ready to step up to the big moment so far they've answered all the questions right um do I see them winning the series? I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sold that they can pull it off. I don't think it'll be easy. I, you know, but like I told you earlier, Lance. It, as much as I love Jimmy and as much as I love what Bam's been doing, they kind of just feel like a poor man's Braun and AD combo, and we already have that on the other side of the court. The biggest difference is going to have to be can the rest of that 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 Miami has make the difference right can can the guard play of Dragic, which has been outstanding all playoff long and that's something that i can say most people maybe maybe not have expected because we know that the duke can ball but at this level of the game this deep into the playoffs you you wouldn't be expecting him to be playing the way he's playing right now and then of course all that has to be said about you know hero and 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 duncan and those guys that are just really absolutely balling right now but it's gotta. It's gonna have to be, you know, a a true true team effort for this for this team to get it done. Yeah, uh, you speak of hero and you know Duncan Robinson, and honestly, Duncan Robinson didn't have a great showing versus the Celtics. Uh, he had some moments, uh, but Tyler Hero was definitely a standout player. Which, I mean, I've heard rumblings of him early in the season, and I and I saw some flashes of him, but I didn't know he had it in him. I mean, I know. Like the kids say, he has a swag and like the persona of like a very confident kid. And I say that kid loosely. Obviously, he's not a kid, but he's very young. I mean, he looks like a, a high school senior right now, hmm. like in the face. But this dude is is just seizing the moment. And he even clapped back at uh, Paul Pierce. I don't know if y'all saw that. But, you know, Paul Pierce said he hmm. refuses to call him a bucket, which is just it just sounds stupid saying out loud. But uh, then uh, Tyler Hero just posted his stats of like the scoring averages that he posted in Eastern Conference Finals. And it's just like, yeah, I, th- I think I'm a bucket now. I, th- I think I'm legit. You know, 
and the Celtics are definitely not a, a terrible defense by any means. Uh, that's, that's a great defense uh, from top to bottom for the most part, except for Canner. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited for this matchup. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to get into predictions because I'm going to save that for the end. Um, but I think it's going to be a highly competitive matchup. And I mean, Coach Spo, Riley, they got they got stuff on LeBron. They know his tendencies. You know, they don't they don't even need a scouting report. I mean, they spent what four years with the man. They know. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing that I'm going to take away from this series is Jimmy Butler. You know, he's kind of been letting the younger guys like get theirs and, you know, figure stuff out. But I think this is a series where Jimmy Butler, I don't want to say get serious because I think he always plays serious, but I think this is a series where he has to uh, assert, you know, his offensive, um, his offensive arsenal. I mean, he's going to have to get in his mid range bag, you know, I think maybe take a couple more threes, but he's just going to have to be more aggressive on offense. And um, Goran Dragic is leading uh, the team in uh, attempts which is nice and all, but I don't think that's what's going to get the job done um, this uh, series. But Jabari, I do got a question for you uh, about the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we talked about all the role players that they have. You know, Dwight Howard kind of stood out uh, for some times on uh, last series. We talked about Rondo having a couple of uh, nice fourth quarters. Um, but which role player do you think is going to stand out the most against the Heat for the from the Lakers? Honestly, the Lakers have been such a mixed bag, it's impossible to predict. But given the fact that I'm looking at these matchups, the people that they need to be the standouts once again are the un, are the, you know the unheralded guards. They need Alex Caruso, they need Rajon Rondo, they you know they need uh, KCP. Those three that you know that trio for you know primarily to play effective. Like they're not going to you don't need those guys to outscore Dragic. You don't need them to necessarily, you know, you know make five threes, but they have to make all of those other guys. They have to make Dragic and Hero and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn if he gets in and you know and Jay Crowder even depending upon the you know like the cross matchup. They have to make their jobs most difficult. So the Lakers, I'll be honest with you, uh, when they when they strap in and defend, I, I, I that's the reason why I feel confident about it, because, you know, quite frankly, uh, you know, the names may not be impressive, but those guys, you know, those guys have been competing and those guys have really gone through some really tough guards throughout this stretch. I know Dame was hurt you know, at, you know, eventually, uh, but, you know, they were making his life difficult, just like they made, you know, as you mentioned, Russ and uh, and James's you know, life difficult, just like they did, you know, like in this series. Now, you know, great guards are going to are going to have moments. And, you know, you, talk, you saw Jamal Murray have his moments. You saw Harden, I think, have one game. But for the most part, by and large, again, even though they're less heralded, those are the guys that are going to have to pick it up and really going to have to be the difference maker. Because you know what you you know primarily or for you know for, you know, for the most part what you're going to get out of AD you know what you're going to get out of LeBron just like the principal characters on the other side oftentimes in a series and this is something that Josh used to argue with me about but now now I think he's starting to agree oftentimes in a series the real differences are made by those you know lesser valued or lesser heralded guys. Agreed, uh, and I don't want to dig back too back in time, but those are the reasons that. You know, those certain Miami Heat teams uh, didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, Sands, the 2011, because that was definitely on LeBron. But, you know, they, they just didn't have the right role players. You know, there was times where they had Ray Allen, but a lot of other times it was just like aging guys that were just no longer had it in them or just younger, unproven players. But the Lakers, to me, they – the role players come off kind of like the, the band of misfit toys from that little Christmas special mm-hmm. from like 40 or 50 years ago, where yes, mm-hmm. like in a vacuum, those players were like good players, you know, in respect to their career at a certain point. But then for whatever reason, it just wasn't the same, you know, Dwight Howard obviously is a hall of famer, no matter what anyone says. Um, he's definitely a, a first ballot hall of famer. It's just, you know, the game passed him by and he just was no longer the same player anymore. Or he, it just wasn't important like to the game, what he used to bring, you know? And then he, he thought he was able to post up, you know, 15 times a day or a game and be productive. And that's just not how it was. But finally he found himself at a crossroad. That's like, well, either you just be a running or rim running, you know, defensive juggernaut, or you're just not going to be in the league anymore, you know? And he found it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him because, no matter what his wannabe bad guy stint was in that Nuggets series, you know, 
I think of uh, Dwight Howard as a, I guess you could say as a, just a, a good guy, like a regular guy as, as a happy go lucky dude. And he just wants to play. And, and I'm just glad that he fell, fell under uh, the Lakers uh, supervision and, and finally got his act together in terms of, you know, understanding his role. Then you got Rajon Rondo. Once again, you know, every couple of years we have a quote unquote playoff Rondo performance and we know we make fun of it, make light of it. But this time around, I mean, I think in those last couple uh, Nuggets games, uh, he he really did come up big when the Lakers were, you know, I don't want to say falling apart, but when they weren't as uh, in tune defensively, I think he made some, you know, clutch turnovers uh, or clutch uh, defensive plays. What was it like seven turnovers in a row, I believe for the Nuggets. And I think Rondo had like two or three of, of those steals. Yeah, he, um, but yeah, three steals. He did, right? The stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the players that I think will make the most noise or at least, not the most noise, but they're going to be the ones that have the most impact at the end of the game. Cause we know what LeBron's going to do. We know what AD's going to do. There's, there's no question about it. Uh, the one guy that I will say um, that I still don't know I had to feel about, and that's Kyle Kuzma, man. I mean, I don't, what do what, what are y'all's takes on him? No, what, what do you, what do you, what do you say about him? What exactly is he on this team right now? He is like a bulb that's loose. Get every once in a while, he lights up when he makes a good connection, and then the rest of the time he's out. Um, <laughs> that's about the best, best comparison I can give you. Hey, but when he's when he's bright, man, he thinks he's he thinks he's a stadium light, man. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I have to be honest with you. That's a pretty damn good. Excuse me. I, my apologies. That's a pretty darn good. No, uh, you know, no, you can cuss. It's okay. You can <laughs> but, curse on your Jabari. No, no, Lance, you know me. If I start, it doesn't stop. So I have to. I have hey, to stop myself. Hey, we're, we're, hey, hey, we're like HBO without the budget. Okay, we, we're we're okay. No, we're okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but no, but seriously, that 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 I, I like that. But here's the deal with him. Um, prior to the, you know, this last series, he, you know, like a couple shots were falling and he's a confidence guy. Like, like I'm, I'm, you guys have played or you, even if you play pickup, you, you know how it goes. He's absolutely that guy where if that first shot falls, okay, we might, or if that first shot falls, good. If that second shot falls, all right, we might be cooking with hot grease. But if he misses those first couple, he tends to get a little bit anxious. He t- and, he, and he rushes things, and it impacts his it impacts the, you know, the focus that he has on the other end, and then he ends up being a negative player. But yes, when that bulb when that bulb lines up perfectly, <laughs> it is something. And it, and quite frankly, if you know honestly, if he can if he can just settle in in this series, it, I, I'm not just saying it you know you know uh, just throwing it out there. Seriously, he could be the shock of the series. He you know, and and you know it's kind of what you just said. If, you know, if he settles in and he knocks down a couple shots early and he can stay focused on the defensive end, he is that type of guy that can that can have an impact. It just so happens that he's also that type of guy that, you know, can frustrate the hell out of Lakers fans and have us sitting there cursing, you know, cursing him to the high heavens on the timeline. Yeah, he, yeah. he just kind of needs to fill his – he needs to fill his role out in the sense that he's got to understand that he the offense isn't going to be going through him. And he mm-hmm. can't – you know, a lot of it's anybody, right? We all feel that the, our offense always flows better whenever the ball is going through our hands. You know, it's hard to be a spot stand-up shooter. You ain't touched the ball in the last five or six minutes, and you get a look, and you know you have to hit it because that's your role. It's it's hard to do, mm-hmm. but Kuzma has to embrace it on this roster because you know there there's a few people in front of him in the pecking order there for offensive pieces. It touches. And and a part of that to me has to go on Vogel too. You know, if, if Vogel wants to get him going for the series, he's gonna have to set him up in some situations where maybe you run some plays for him to get him going early so that you're not dealing with the really cold shots later in the game. You 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 kinda have to, you know, try and get him going a little bit if you're Frank. And and if not, then you gotta make sure that you that he understands, hey man, like you may not touch the ball for for, for long periods of times, but when you touch it, it's got to be a good look, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. For me, I think it's more so on the defensive side where I think, you know, he just got to shore up some sloppy possessions. Like, you know, Michael Porter Jr. wasn't necessarily great last series, but there was a lot of times where he put 
<laughs> where he put Kyle Kuzma in some very awkward uh, possessions. I mean, Kuzma was jumping at Terrible. everything, and he just can't do that. He just can't do that. Terrible He's got a, undisciplined. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Michael like, Porter Jr. Is, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> See, now you push the button. Kuzma's that guy for no, me. Go man. ahead. Like, yeah. No, no, so, okay, so this is the thing. I'm a fan of his game. I want him to do well, but he's going to be up out of here because of this. He like, like, I don't even care if you don't hit any shots, but what you can't do is get torched on the other end because you're playing undisciplined. You're not acting like you're closing out like you did in your rookie season. You're, you're going for the you know pump fakes that, honestly, it didn't make any sense. Like, I watched and I was like, okay, he's going to pump fake. Like, th- like, don't go for that. He's not going around you. Yes, sorry. That you, th- That is my button of frustration from, from last series no. that I did not whine on the timeline about. <laughs> and, and you see, in this team, will actually really make you pay for, for those uh, yes. bad closeouts. I mean, these guys are not scared to fling it, man. I mean, we got Tyler Hero, uh, obviously Duncan Robinson. I mean, I don't know what's gotten into Iggy, but, you know, he had a couple of uh, stretches uh, from three on the closeout game. You, you just can't do that with this team. And, yeah, I know offense is important, but for a role player such as uh, Kuzma, I think it's more so shoring up those uh, those loose ends on defense which is what he'll need to do. But um, speaking of loose ends and tying up, uh, I want to talk about strategy and what needs to be done from the Lakers' point of view, Jabari. And and I think uh, I want to go with you here first because I think you'll probably have a better answer than and we will. Uh, what is there a specific strategy that you think the Lakers should deploy on the Heat uh, offensively or defensively, or if you just want to do both, if you have uh, strategies for Defense- both sides of the ball? Defensively, they've been incredible. I mean, you've got Frank Vogel on the bench. You, you know, obviously, you've got uh, you know you've got Jason Kidd there, uh, um, and I'm losing my I can't remember my man's name. Lionel Hollins. You know, he's not there in the bubble, but obviously, uh, you know, you've you've got some defensive minds there. So they've done a they've done a great job of whether it's locking in you know man to man or working in zone here and there. Even if I'm not a fan of it, you know, they 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 the zone that they use is very effective. So I'm not really worried about that side of things. But on the other side of the ball, what I am concerned with is, you know, I I did mention you kind of know what you're going to get from LeBron. And yes, you do. I'm looking at the AD matchup. And I I think that if you fall into the trap of just simply trying to post him up straight up or trying to get have him, you know, you know, uh, on a one on one basis, impose his will. You might get you might wind up getting him into early foul trouble and that just you know throws everything off. So what I would like to see them do, and this is something that they did that they you know that this coaching staff was good about making the adjustment after that you know first game uh, uh, excuse me against the Rockets, what I'd like to specifically see him do is find AD in motion. Get, you know, catch him on the curl, catch him off two-man action, specifically with LeBron. It can be with other guys as well, but specifically with LeBron, because honestly, you put them in a situation where they don't have an answer. There really is there's no answer for that. Like, and that's not just being, that's not being cliche. It's not being hyperbolic. There isn't an answer for LeBron rounding the corner with AD rolling. So get, you know, uh, you know, more, you know, I'm, I'm fine with them feeding him. I'm fine with them, you know, making him the, you know, the focal point of the offense, at least, you know, to get themselves going, but just make sure you do it effectively and do it and do it smart and, and don't put them in a position where you're just saying, yeah, post that guy up, you know, that guy that's also, you know, just as nimble, just as agile, you know, and can move. Um, right. So that, that is, you know, right. One thing in particular I would like to see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that you would hope you would see. Um, but we'll find mm-hmm. that out. Um, so I just let's just go ahead and get into <laughs> predictions. Um, Noe, unfortunately, had to dip out, but he told me uh, he's got the Lakers in six, but he's pushing for the heat. Uh, Jabari, mm-hmm. what's, your, uh, what is your, what's your prediction on here? Be as long-winded as you want well, to be, okay. honestly. I was going to say it's going to sound kind of boring. It's Lakers and six, and here's why. I th- I see, I see the Lakers imposing their will for the most part. Uh, I do see Miami having at least one of these games where they come out hot, and they, and you just can't match up. 
can't match up around, you know, everybody's flinging it um, and, 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 you know, they, they kind of run away with it. Then I see, you know, several grinded out games because look, you know, if you, you, you just look at, the, look at these rosters, uh, the, the, there's going to be some battles. I basically, I don't think there will be any games that's, you know, double digits, you know, or like, you know, 20 point type blowouts. Uh, but, you know, like I said, two or three grinded out games, a game where Miami comes out and they're hot and there's just really no answer for them. And then a game where, pro- you know, where they prop, you probably see, you know, that type of performance from AD where like, honestly, it's just like, give them the ball and get out the way. And it really doesn't matter. I still see, the, you know, like I said, it's going to be far from easy, but I do think the Lakers can impose their will enough to get, you know, get this in six games. Uh, so who's your finals MVP? <sighs> Head says LeBron Hart wants Davis. That and that's an on that's not the straddle defense. That's really the truth. My head says LeBron because so, this is number this is number four opportunity for him. This is probably his last of the really good opportunities to grab one. So that's why I could see it. But I still think that you know, the best player in this series, if he's used right and if he play and if, and if he brings it, is AD. So you're saying it's going to be a Andre Iguodala NBA Finals MVP for LeBron? Not necessarily like Listen. I don't want to say not a deserving one, but. That's kind of how it's going to feel. Well, I, I, I know. So I won't say that because, <laughs> like, you know, like if, if you're saying like the Kawhi that you know when he got it, uh, you know, against LeBron or the Andre Iguodala when he got it against him, I won't necessarily say that. But I will say uh, the more well-rounded LeBron, not necessarily the forty-point, you know, you know, forty-point, fifty, but the you know, control the flow of the offense, control the flow of the you know the game altogether, you know, you know, uh, match up against Jimmy or Dragic or whoever in key situations, like doing it that way. Okay, that's fair. I mean, yeah, the other. All right, so this is this is tormented me as crazy as that sounds because I really don't have a uh, any money in this or just any say in it really. But I think this is a very important uh, series for both teams. Uh, there's a lot of vindication on both sides, and we've been talking about the culture of the Miami Heat and just the way that this team has come together. You know, some of the players that are on this team that, you know, are are pretty young, but at the same time, they haven't, you know, fell into the void of being a young player in the playoffs. It does they don't they don't act like that, you know? And Jimmy Butler being who he is, a fearless leader that can turn it up when necessary, and he's not really a conventional mm-hmm. superstar. And then we have uh, Bam Adebayo. I mean, he is – I believe he was an all-defensive uh, uh, player this year, wasn't he? I think he I think was. He was like yeah. second team. Second. I think it was second team. Uh, second team. But, I'll look it up as you go. And then he's coming into his own offensively. I mean, this guy, he said after game six it was his fault that they uh, – or sorry, game five, it was his fault that they lost. Game six he comes through and, I mean, one of the best playoff performances I've seen from him. Um and then, you know, you got Coach Spo on the bench, man. And, and to me, they got the better coach in Miami. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. was, what, a video coordinator, a video scout? And look at him now. He's one of the best coaches in the league. I mean, he's top five best coaches in the league. Uh, yeah, they both were. Yeah, man. I, what's that? They, they they both were video scouts. Like, this is the, this is the matchup of two video scouts that worked their way up to him. Really? Coach. I didn't know Vogel was a video scout guy. I oh, didn't yeah. know that. Vogel, Mike. Wow, Ogle, Mike Brown. Um, there's a few more. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that makes that makes it more interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just gonna stop beating around the bush. I mean, this at first I said Lakers in six, but the way that the bubble is and the way that this this playoffs has been going, they defeated they defeated my champions, the ones I had going and getting the chip. I got Miami Heat in seven, mm-hmm. man. Jimmy Butler getting his Finals okay. MVP. I know it sounds. It almost sounds insane to say, but just the way that this season has played out and the momentum that the Heat have on their side, I, I don't know. Like I know LeBron and AD are going to get their numbers, but once again, I'm looking at those guards of the Lakers. And mm-hmm. the Nuggets, yes, they had Jamal Murray, but Gary Harris was very inconsistent. At times, I un- I didn't understand why he was getting these uh, you know, drives to the lane. I don't know why they were allowing that. And not the Lakers allowing it. I don't know why Mike Malone like kept letting it, letting that happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just the Nuggets, besides you know Jokic, obviously uh, Jeremy Grant having a breakout, you know, money 
earning uh, performance and Jamal Murray having, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of the best uh, playoff um, just performances in terms of, you know, multiple series that I've seen in a long time. The Nuggets just didn't have much in terms of guard play. And the Heat, are, to me, are opposite of that. And and Goron is, is as sure of himself as anybody. And I, I really thought he was washed. I thought he was done. You know, when the Mavericks <laughs> were rumored to be in talks with him to get a trade, I was like, why would you want to do that? It's it's over for him. It's like three years too late. And now look at him. I mean, he's, he's a leading scorer on this team that's in the finals. And I think it's going to be a very entertaining uh, series. Obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if – if the Lakers pulled it off, but I can see Miami getting the last laugh here. Am I crazy for thinking this? No, you're not. Because like, let's be real about it. For one, anything could happen in the series. That is the most cliche thing said at this time, but it is true. Like, like the knock on wood, I'm not saying that anything happens, but Anthony Davis gets hurt. LeBron turns an ankle, something, you know, something goes down. Then all of a sudden you're looking at it like, Oh, what, you know, kind of like last year, nobody anticipated KD you know, uh, you know, injuring himself and being done. Nobody anticipated Clay, you know, uh, tearing his, you know, his ACL. But sometimes, oftentimes in professional sports, things like that can be the, you know, can be the great equalizer. Now, I'm not in any way, to, you know, saying that that's what it would take. I'm just saying, given the fact that you have no idea, you know, you know about their physical well-being, you know, from game to game, you know, from possession to possession, let alone game to game, um, you know, anything could take place. I don't think it's crazy. Might look, there's a reason why Miami's in this spot. You know, whether it's a simple matter, a simple matter of they got hot at the right time or they put it together at the right time or they came together at the right time or whatever the case may be, they're here. So anybody that's, you know, like, you know, for anybody to say that that's a crazy prediction, you know, like I, I think they're being a bit short sighted. Ultimately, I still think the Lakers are going to beat them. <laughs> that's a long winded way of no, just getting and, back to that point. And the thing is, I couldn't pick Miami unless it was in seven. I couldn't put him in six. I had to put it in seven because it's one of those things where I think it's going to be Miami's going to, I don't want to say punch him in the mouth, but I think Miami's going to still be riding off the high of, of uh, getting to the finals, you know, for the first time with this nucleus, obviously the Lakers did the same thing, but the way that the celebration was for Miami when they won versus um, the Lakers the Lakers had a lot of confetti. I'm not going to sit here and say it was like they were acting like they won a championship. I don't think that's how it was, but it definitely mm-hmm. was a different vibe than Miami. They got their they got the birth, the champion of uh, the NBA Finals birth. Not a lot of confetti came flying around. I didn't look at it as a very theatrical um, celebration. And granted, if they did it, mm-hmm. that's just fine. But I don't know. I think they're going to come in riding off that momentum, and they're gonna they're gonna sneak one because the Lakers are known for dropping the first game that like they did the first two. I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but I just think it's a trend. And I think that trend is going to continue. And then obviously I think the Lakers are going to to bounce back. I as well, don't think there's going to be any blowouts. I don't think every game is going to come down to like a uh, one possession, you know, but I think it's going to be mm-hmm. very close. And Denver just made a lot of mental mistakes, man. I don't see Miami making those same mistakes. I just don't. I mean, we talked about Mike Malone leaving Plumlee in and things of that nature. I don't think Coach Spo is of that elk. I think he'll make the right adjustments. So that's right. Right there is is actually where the concern is for me and the reason why I didn't say Lakers in five. Because if you're just talking about the talent on the court, I would say Lakers in five. Even with the even with you know with the you know the lower guard play, the fact you know and and that's not to take anything away or it's not even shade at Vogel because I think Vogel has been very good this year. Like, is he perfect? No, no one is, uh, and he certainly hasn't been. But Spo, absolutely. Um, I, I did, honestly, it doesn't matter what the matchup is right now. I would probably lean towards Spo. Like in, in 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 terms of going against another head coach, and that's with a great deal of reverence for Rick Carlisle. That's with a great deal of reverence for Pop. Obviously, when he's got the horses, and you know, and so on and so on. Um, so I, you know, so I hear you, and and believe me, I I, I in no way, you know, you know, I've seen some Lakers fans, or I've seen just you know fans in general, like you know NBA fans, say like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a cakewalk, folks. That's not going to be the case. That's not what this is. So I, I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, obviously, I have a rooting interest in, in 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 the Lakers winning, so I'm hopeful that that will take place. But I don't in any way think that it, it's absurd to think that Miami could, you know, could, you know, specifically how you mentioned it, punch them in the mouth in game one, 
you know, uh, and, and just battle them from there on out. Yeah, I, I mean, a game seven for either whoever wins a game seven is great for business and, and great for, you know, the story and the narratives. Uh, I would just like mm-hmm. to see I don't want to say revenge, but I want to see Pat Riley, you know, like walk off in the sun, not saying he's going to like retire after this. But if he did, then this would be the perfect time. And it just would be well, uh, maybe closure for him, too, because, you know, he's he's a big competitor and I'm not it, does, it doesn't look like he's holding a grudge anymore. It looks like since he had that be a man speech after they lost to the Spurs, mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, he's kind of come up from that and, and sent out, you know, congratulatory messages to LeBron and things like that. But who are we kidding? That guy wants to win this, you know, for that reason. And then obviously LeBron, we know we you're a Lakers fan. If you don't win a championship in LA, it doesn't matter what you did. And he has, and LeBron has to win a championship with this team or else it's going to be seen as a failure. Even if, you know, he did get him to the finals and all that, but he's got to win a championship and, and just narratives, like I said, drive this matchup. And that's why it's so fun to talk about. Cause yes, the encore product's going to be fun, but just the story leading up to it. And also the implications of what happens afterwards and what we're going to be saying for, you know, years, maybe even generations of, of what's going to happen with LeBron's, um, I don't want to say legacy. Cause I, he's already arguably the second best player of all time, but if the people that are saying, oh, he's chasing Mike's ghost, if he can't win a, a championship for the Lakers, one of the most successful franchises, and like you said, spoiled, where they get the stars, you know? This ain't the LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. years where, what's his name from Maroon nah. 5 was wearing the jersey to recruit him, you know? Jeez. We're past that. We got, yeah, that was very depressing <laughs> reality. When I saw that, I, that was like when that was like when Justin Timberlake was recruiting, um, what's his name? Uh, they used to play for the Mavs. They end up going and, and getting the Max with the Grizzlies. Why am I blanking on him? You know what I'm talking about? You used to play for the Houston Rockets. And then he used to play, uh, wait, you used to play for the Rockets. And then you and then he went to Chandler the Mavs. Parsons? Why am I? Yes. So that's so, depressing <laughs> levels like that where a celebrity is but, doing stuff like that. Obviously, Aldridge is better, but still. But yeah, man, what are you, what no, are you like, saying about LeBron if he loses or if he wins? Like, what is your take? on the big picture of LeBron James. LeBron James knows that when he came to the Los Angeles Lakers, what that meant. He knows that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. He knows the expectations and he knows that it absolutely will be called a failure if they, you know, if they do, you know, do not win. Whether that's fair or not, I don't care because they, again, this is what this is what you sign up for when you come and play for the Lakers. When you when you when, when you lace them up in the purple and gold, it's it's just expected. Now, I think, honestly, because I think they're going to win, I think it can only help his narrative, help his you know resume continue to pad what is already an incredible resume. There's, but the truth of the matter is, and I and I go back and forth with this with you know with, again with Josh all the time. It doesn't matter because the people that think that Jordan is the greatest, it doesn't matter how many more he wins. They're always going to say, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. So for LeBron, it's just a matter of continuing to rack him up and continuing to, you know, continuing to just bolster his own you know, resume. For those of us that are out there that, you know, can you know, look at things with context and maybe, you know, maybe down the road say, well, hey, even though, look at this. Yeah, I mean, you said yeah. it. Either, no matter what happens, it's just he's going to win. He's a lot, in a lot of people's eyes, he's not going to be better than Jordan. But if he loses, it's just another thing to tack on, like to the naysayers of, of LeBron being the greatest of all time. Um, I, I have another question, LeBron uh, related, and it also has to relate to the Lakers, kind of. Do you think okay. LeBron's going to uh, surpass uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar in uh, total points scored in the NBA of all time? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sorry, I, I can jump right in on that one. Yes, I absolutely do. And I think it's going to happen within the next couple of years. Look, if LeBron stays healthy, he's going to get it. He's going for it. Like, OK, so, you know, like how we you know we say, like, oh, well, these guys don't really care. I can tell you per, from personal experience with these athletes, they care. And there's nothing wrong with that. The, you know, it, 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 quite frankly, if you're the greatest at something that you do, you want to be, you know, you want to be acknowledged for that and recognized for that. Like the two of us, we're podcasters, right? If there, if there's an, if there's an Emmy for podcasting, you damn right I want that. You know what I'm saying? Like if there, if there's a top ten list, you darn right I want to be considered, you know, in that mix. So I, I actually don't begrudge these, you know, you know, these athletes when, the, you know, when they're, when they also care about that. 
Uh, so yes, I I think he wants it, and I you know, and and I know for a fact that it you know that it means something to him. Oh yeah, and and in terms of, I hate saying this, but goat status. I mean, him being the all-time leader in points. I mean, that says something. You know, obviously people are going to go buy yeah. championships and whatnot, but still in the pantheon of of all-time greats. I mean, Kareem Abdul Kareem Abdul Jabbar is heralded as literally the greatest scorer of all time best basketball player in some people's eyes of all time. I mean, because he did it at both college and NBA at a, a very high level for a long time. And for LeBron to surpass that, uh, you know, in points, pardon me. You, no, I was just going to add, you know, Kareem did it, you know, in high school as well. He went to power high school in New York city when power high school meant something and New York city basketball was everything. Kareem won, if I'm not mistaken, four, you know, four uh, championships at, you know, in high school, only three in college, but only because they couldn't play as freshmen at, you know, like when he played there and then won six re- This dude won everything everywhere. He, you know, his resume, 1 million percent stacks up with Jordan. And okay, I'll get off of my Lakers soapbox because yes, I'm caping for my guy. <laughs> no, but I'm, so this is my theory on Kareem. If he wasn't such a stoic uh, figure, I think more people will talk about him in that manner. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I mean, from a stats point of view, he's up there obviously. And uh, I mean, I'm going to sound like my uncle here, but the skyhook is one of the greatest, you know, weapons of all time. It, I, I, yeah. It, I just went back. My uncle, my uncle talks like that, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to your but, uncle. Uh, he's good, he, he, he's good yeah. Oh no. He is definitely a Lakers uh, Celtics, you know, addict. Like he he's, he used to always tell me about those series and what it meant to him and what it meant to the game. But, uh, but yeah, Jabari, I'm, I'm glad you could hop on here before we get out of here. I really want you to plug what you got going. I mean, I, honestly, the people that listen to this probably already know who you are, but uh, go ahead, man. The floor is yours. Now, hey, honestly, I really do appreciate it. And, and my bad, like I said, I get rambunctious. So I'll, I, you know, like I said, <laughs> anybody that I pod with, they know I, sometimes I'll just jump out. Um, simple, find me on Twitter, Jabari Davis NBA. Again, I do appreciate this opportunity. It was a lot of fun talking to you and Noe about, you know, about this. So I, you know, it's an honor. Uh, Dunks and Discourse, as you know, Lance mentioned earlier, it's on the Blue Wire Pods Network. Uh, it's basketball related, but it's also about, you know, Hollywood and entertainment. You know, we'll, you know, we'll kind of touch on, you know, topical things as well. Anything that happens in the news or anything that's just going on in general. But it's a lot of fun. And for anybody that likes, you know, you know, two idiots talking on the mic, uh, you know, check it out. Okay, uh, so, you know, sticking with the theme that y- you have on the Dunkton Discourse at the end, I know y'all usually talk about what you're binging. Tell me mm-hmm. what show I need to watch now and why. Something that's new. Ooh, something that's new. Uh, well, I haven't checked out Preferably Lovecraft Preferably on yet, HBO. But... Yeah. There we that's go. Okay. So have so you I... haven't or you yeah. have? That's my next show. I have no idea um, what it's about. Specific... I have no idea what it's about. Uh, it okay, so I don't want to give anything away because someone ruined it for me. But it's if you're into the macabre and the spooky and like you know suspense, uh, like I I am and I love, uh, you'll be all about it. So I'm starting it this weekend. So it's basically so that nobody it, else. Can so ruin it's it. a horror <laughs> show or it's scary or yeah, it's it's like it's like a thriller horror you know suspense type deal. You know some supernatural stuff going on. Yeah, the stuff I saw was like demonic and. Otherworldly. Yes. That's what that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, but the cast looks good, and it's HBO. I'm I'm telling you, I'm an HBO addict. I, everything they put out, it's just like, even if it's not great, it's still good. So I'm 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 up for that. Like I was hoping you'd say that show because that's what I want to watch. It's just you know me and you. We talk about the wire. I'm trying to finish watching that because um, I, you know I I'm tired of people almost ruining it for me. Exactly. Yeah. You know how tough know. it is. Like you, so you'll you'll DM me you know, talking about the show and I'm like, okay, cool. He's here. Wait, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. No. Um, the wire, you know, it's my favorite show of all time. I, I make, you know, I make net, make no secrets about it. So far. I mean, take this with a grain of salt. Cause I haven't finished the Sopranos, but I'm kind of, I'm on about to be on season five. I think it's Sopranos and I'm on season four of the wire. So I'm, I'm kind of, they're neck and neck so far. I like the wire a lot more. And I love yeah, mobster you know, stuff. And- I love mobster stuff, but I like the wire a lot more. 
it, it's a completely different vibe. Both, you know, both incredible shows, obviously, you know, two of the greatest shows of all time with, you know, without question for me, I relate to the wire a bit more, you know, I didn't grow up at, I didn't grow up in a mob family, you know, as an, as an Italian in, in North Jersey. Um, but I, you know, I, I did have some similar experiences to some of the characters on the wire. So I identify with it, but also it's just, it's just a Supreme show. I, I can't wait for you to finish it so that we can finally actually have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, other... matter of fact, what's that? When you finish it, when you finish it, you, me, Josh, we got to have a conversation about it because the last time we did a show, a show about it, Josh wasn't on. So uh, d- definitely keep, you know, keep me posted. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I mean, my goal is to finish it. I mean, before, I mean, I'm hoping I can finish it by the end of October. Uh, I want to binge watch it, but it's kind of hard with the lady around because she gets mad because she's like, oh, you're not. I was like, well, ever since the kids got involved, you don't want to watch it anymore. So. I need to hurry up and get this over with and, and start crying or whatever I'm going to do at the end of the season. But Ooh, uh, yeah. Jabari, yeah, it's, just... it's been a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I already know, man. I can tell it, it doesn't look good for these children. And it's a sad reality because honestly, what's so great about the wire is it's so true, but that's also what makes it mm-hmm. so sad that it's so true. And, and we, we, yes. I know something bad is going to happen. It's just inevitable. But yeah, Jabari, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to tell everybody, make sure you go on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate us, tell us what we can do better. Tell us what you like about us. You know, constructive criticism is great. I take it very well. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, listening and uh, can't wait to see you all again next week. Have a nice day.